As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, what the Sam Hill did, former Kansas City Chiefs GM, former New England Patriots front office right hand to Bill Belichick, Scott Pioli, say that has Broncos country, the dander is up right now. Uh, it's just another uh, clueless. I don't. I don't want to be so harsh. I want to be fair. I, I just. How do you make a comment like he makes and just uh, have any sort of credibility? Um, but he says the Broncos and Russell Wilson will need a lot of help in order to win. And I'm going to read the quote that Pioli stated on NFL Network Tuesday, which I broke down in an article that I'll drop in the comment section. Quote, this is from Scott Pioli, former New England uh, personnel boss and one-time Chiefs general manager, for those who remember. He says, quote, Peyton Manning is one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Russell Wilson has been a very good quarterback, at times a great quarterback, sometimes a little bit subpar, he said. And he's making the comparison and calling out people who liken Wilson to Peyton Manning and uh, because both came in to the Broncos later in their career, he goes, but here's the important part. When he was most successful in Seattle, those five seasons that were Russ and the Legion of Boom, they were always ranked in the top seven in defense, total defense and scoring. Those things are important. His best seasons, Seattle's best season, the year they won the Super Bowl, they led the NFL in turnovers. So there was a lot of help in terms of turnovers, field position. He needed that extra help. Russell Wilson is going to need more than just him being in Denver in order for this program to succeed. End quote. And uh, I don't think that Pioli was uh, 
acknowledging certainly he doesn't realize the Broncos finished third in points per game allowed last year, eighth in total yards. And that was with all those injuries they had on defense. Chad, that's with a, a scheme in Vic Fangio's that didn't emphasize turnovers. And I, I just don't know how you are going to transfer the Russell Wilson that was in Seattle, who had an injury plague season and the coaches were working against him as well. And you're going to say they need help in order for him to win. Every quarterback needs help. No quarterback is going to win with no offensive line, no receiving weapons, no running game. But the Broncos have all those things. And they've always been a quarterback away, sometimes even an average quarterback away from getting over the hump. Russell Wilson is way more than average, way above average. So I don't know what's in the water in New England. I don't know why the national media is really crapping on Russ every chance they get. He's this season's redemption story. No one believes in him. And what they don't realize, Chad, why Let Them Hate was born is because players like Russell Wilson, teams like the Broncos, use this criticism, use this hate as motivation. It's going to make him stronger. It's going to make the Broncos better. And they will all eat that delicious helping a crow in just a few months. I mean, uh, my only response to this is basically you touched on it, which is, of course, he's going to need help, all right? But can Russell Wilson be the the uh, tide that raises all ships? That's what this team has lacked. That's what this team has needed. So many of the horses already in place. Why do you think Russell Wilson was attracted to Denver as a trade destination? Defensively, a lot of the pieces already in place. Plus, you still have the second half of the offseason personnel acquisition calendar in terms of the NFL draft to come. We don't know exactly how much better this roster could be, but, I mean, look at the defense. Justin Simmons, uh, Patrick Sertan. You've got some real horses. Bradley Chubb now, Randy Gregory. I don't think p- too many people are all that worried about whether or not Russ is going to get the help, at least on defense. Like, you question a gyro, a gyro Evero a little bit just because he's a first timer. We don't yet know, you know, we can't project with that much confidence or accuracy exactly what his defense is going to look like, but he has so much help there. He has so much personnel and talent on that side of the ball that, you know, he could almost be a stumbling, bumbling dude. You've got Justin Simmons out on the grass. You've got Kareem Jackson, those two alone out there, plus Josie Jewell coming back and hopefully healthy. Then you look at the offense, and my gosh, is this dude checked out a roster in Denver in like just the last, I don't know, year or two? Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy. Like if I stop there, Russell Wilson's nodding his head. He's going, yep, yep, I like this. Keep talking to me about the Denver Broncos. But you don't stop there. K.J. Hamler, Albert Okawebunam, Javante Williams, Garrett Bowles, all-pro left tackle. You know, he's he had a decent left tackle last year in Seattle, did Russ in Dwayne Brown, but I mean, that dude's teeth are so long. This dude is so long in the tooth that, you know, you're you're sitting there comparing him to a fossilized creature like a saber-toothed tiger. Garrett Bull's still in his prime. That offensive line, Zach, and then I'm going to wind this down. Easily the best starting five Russell Wilson has had in how long? And this dude's like, I mean, I get it. On one hand, Zach, pump the brakes. Don't start, you know, uh, buying your plane tickets for wherever the freaking Super Bowl is this next I get that, okay, and sure, there is a, a little bit of cause for fans to say, all right, hold on, because there's some PFF stuff we'll get to as well that's similar vein as this, but to say in any way, shape, or form, Zach, this line right here is what I don't like, all right? This is this is the part that I thought was he lost his credibility. When has Russell Wilson really, from a macro perspective, I'm not talking like, you know, hey, that was a bad series, Zach, or even a bad game. I'm talking like look at any of his seasons when even when he was hurt, 
When has Russell Wilson, a nine-time Pro Bowler, Scott Pioli, in 10 years in the league, ever been subpar? Like, he, he needs to grab a dictionary and look up what that even means. I think Scott Pioli is a fossilized creature, to your point, and I, I love that term. It's very funny. You know, I made the point in the article, and uh, I think it's appropriate to echo right now that last year, I didn't realize, I looked it up today, and I looked at his career stats. Russell Wilson threw for a career-low lar- yards last year because of that injury, 31-13. That was his passing yard total. He still managed to outproduce the Broncos' then-starting quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. So in the worst season of his career, Russell Wilson, he was better than the Broncos' best quarterback since Peyton Manning, quote-unquote, in Teddy Bridgewater. There is no basis to say that from Scott Pioli. Like, there was no basis uh, for Rob Ninkovich to, to posit the Broncos should go after DK Metcalf. It's another national media being so clueless to the Broncos and furthering that notion that there really is a national bias against Denver. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know the the motive or the impetus behind it, Chad, but it's obvious now. No one knows what they're talking about. And what's troublesome, if you're clueless about something, you have one of two options, one of two buttons to press. You can go the optimistic route. You can go the pessimistic route. Every single person goes the pessimistic route. The Broncos aren't going to win many games with Russell Wilson. He's a broken down quarterback. He's over the hill. He needs help. It's never assuming they're going to be good. But this is why, again, let them hate is beyond a Drew Locke tagline. This applies to Russell Wilson. It applies to this year's Broncos team. And it always will until that national media bias comes to an end. I cannot wait for that moment. Guys, real quick, just to give you uh, an update on where things stand with our contest on YouTube in the month of April, top five finishers on Super Chat. That's a cumulative finish, okay? That means total uh, Super Chat are going into a hat, all right? Their name's in a hat. We're going to raffle it off, draw a winner, Broncos jersey of that winner's choosing. Ethan, by the way, the DWI guys at the top currently, the Duchess, Michaela Parker at two, D-Dub Dale at three, who... I'm told, Zach, we're going to see him in Vegas. Tom, Nash, the fifth, round out the top five, but also the queen inching in there at six. Ain't nothing but a G-thang, seven. Daniel Vasquez, eight. Sam Bam, Corey H. So there's a, a snapshot of where things stand on Super Chat. We really appreciate that. As you guys know, we don't have to go out there chasing sponsors all that often. In fact, we don't chase sponsors. The only time we ever take a sponsor is when they come to us, and it has to be right because of you guys, all right? fan-funded. You're the one that helps keep these lights on here, especially as it relates to all of our podcast video content. So much love and respect to our Super Chat superstars and our great supporters like Joshua Mize on Facebook throwing down stars. We'll do an update here in a few minutes. I'll let you know where things stand on uh, the Facebook contest as well. Nash the Fifth, speaking of, what's good, bro? Thank you, buddy. He says, I'm looking forward to seeing all the naysayers eat their words this year. Yeah, dude, it doesn't... uh, you know, at times, this is why, you know, Nick Kendall, as an example, he's a he's a great asset to have in many respects, okay? But one great compliment is Nick is a very kind of pragmatic thinker, you know? Not to say he doesn't get excited, not to say he's not optimistic. He is, and he does. But I don't know if it's the scientist in him or what, the statistician, the epidemiologist in him, whatever it might be, he's really good at tempering those kind of emotions with a little healthy dose of realism. And in that vein, Zach, I want to get your take on this. He produced uh, produced an article for uh, 
for us today. Go to milehighhuddle.com and read this, guys. We'll, we'll cover the cliff notes, but you're going to want to read this piece. Headline, PFF throws cold water on Broncos' projected win total in 2022. Also talking about pumping the brakes on all the uh, optimism. What is he talking about? Well, uh, what what's it called? The uh, season-long simulation that Pro Football Focus does. Uh, with Russell Wilson in the fold, PFF's simulation played out for the Denver Broncos thusly. Win total for 2022, Zach, 10 and 7, right? So 10 wins. And then here's what they said. Here's what PFF, how they kind of justified. Here's the analysis. Quote, no team improved its 2022 outlook more than the Broncos, who landed the prize offseason acquisition, prying a frustrated Russell Wilson away from the Seattle Seahawks. The cost wasn't overly prohibitive, as the Broncos were able to keep their young offensive skill position core intact. The question becomes, how quickly can Denver's offense gel under new head coach Nathaniel Hackett's scheme? Denver has little room for error playing in the toughest division of football. PFF simulation isn't optimistic about the Broncos' outlook, projecting them to finish with less than 10 wins 58% of the time. Denver is a trendy team heading into 22, uh, 2022, which is all the more reason to fade the team. Close quote. Zach, your thoughts? I'm the wrong person to ask, honestly, because I'm – very much in this case, anti-analytics. I don't really give a S what PFF has to say, what their projection or their simulation uh, indicates for the Broncos. I know what I see. I know what I believe. I saw a seven-win team last year with a pretty terrible coaching staff, pretty terrible quarterbacking, injuries across the board. The ball bounces a certain way a different time or two. The Broncos could be a 9-10 win team. So you mean to tell me with Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, all the additions they've made and will make in the draft, they're not going to reach three more victories than last year, given all those circumstances. I do not care. This is where PFF people lean on it too much. It becomes the gospel. It becomes the end-all, be-all. It's never been the case for me personally. I will take into account what they have to say, and I will discard what I think is erroneous. And this, I think, is quite erroneous. Let's remember, first and foremost, Pro Football Focus started as a media company. That's what they are, all right? Um, became a subscription model and all that stuff. And it became kind of a, a thing unto its own in terms of, I saw it kind of shift Zach about the time mile high huddle was started, uh, 2014 ish, 2015 ish having Bronco players in that window, start reaching out to me asking, Hey, can you tell me what my grade was last uh, for yesterday's game or this and that? Because they, all of a sudden PFFs, um, PFFs, I don't know what you would want to call their analytics, whatever, started factoring into like contract extensions, what agents could ask for at the bargaining table. Very curious, but your point is not lost on me. Let's let's look at this just for a second. Let's steel man the argument. All right. Let's let's kind of play uh, devil's advocate for what they're saying here. And Nick does a good job of kind of spelling it out. A um, couple, two, three reasons to maybe at least be ca- cautiously. Uh, optimistic all right or pump some caution into your optimism first off it's a new quote-unquote aging quarterback and it is true that russ is 33 um here's what nick says quote some analysts this is not what nick is saying he's just giving you the benefit of the doubt the opposite kind of point of view here some analysts believe that while wilson is a very good quarterback he's no longer elite and has a skill set that will not age as gracefully over time given his avoidance of utilizing the middle of the field and the quick pass game that many proclaim is due to his height. 
Wilson's style of leaning on broken plays to create explosive passes isn't one that will age as well as other advanced years quarterbacks. It remains to be seen whether these naysayers are correct, but it's worth pondering. Number two, Zach, real quick, then I'm going to serve this back to you. Agreeing coaching staff. I mean, pick the pick the coordinator, pick the head coach. Every one of them is serving in that role that they're in currently for the first time in their respective careers. So that's a that's a fair concern. And then lastly, um, losing the defensive czar, losing Fangio. And I could go through and read some of this, but all he's talking about is the impact on the defense, not the team, but how that affects the defense. Act. The defense finished 22nd in turnovers last year to the point of Scott Pioli. I, I don't think he's the czar that the national media regards him to be Fangio. I think they're going to be better under Evero, who's going to get the most out of his players. And are we really falling back on Russell Wilson's height after he won a Super Bowl, he's been to nine Pro Bowls. The guy's accomplished. He's paid his dues. We're talking about his height now. Like he can't learn to utilize a tight end more and utilize the middle of the field. I mean, new coaching staff, that's a valid concern. Obviously, they have three uh, top dogs in Hackett, Evero, and Dwayne Stukes, all first-time guys, Hackett being the most important guy, obviously, and being the play caller. But when you're working with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, who's pretty much a coach on the field, a la Peyton Manning, that lessens some of the worry that you have from a rookie play caller. And is that rookie play caller going to be worse? Can he possibly be worse than Pat Shermer was the last two years? I think it's impossible humanly for Hackett to be worse. It's going to be an upgrade across the board. The team is healthy and, you know, supporting cast-wise. They're all healthy going into the season this is the best supporting cast Russell Wilson has had in his career so I don't care about simulations I know what I see I know what the Broncos see I see the plan that George Payton has in place and it's going to lead to more than 10 wins come this fall when it comes to simulations it's like well what's what are the factors that go into the simulation we don't really know that real quick though let's shout out the Bugmeister jumping in with a super chat thank you my friend really appreciate you he says, what's up, MHH crew? It's my little dude's birthday tomorrow, turning the big five. Well, happy birthday. Hey, tell him happy birthday. A shout out from the Huddle Up podcast. Tell us what his name is, and we can shout him out by name. He says, Broncos game at home. Oh, I missed that. Oh. My, my bad. Uh, but, dude, get us, get us his name in the chat. We'll wish him a happy birthday. Uh, Poppy, what's up? Been a minute. We have missed you. She's jumping in, Zach, from the top rope with authority, reminding everybody, look, yeah, there's a queen of MHH. Yeah, there's a duchess of MHH. But don't forget the princess of MHH, Pobby in the house. She says, I'm glad to catch you guys live. I have a travel job now. Okay, we understand. Hard to be in on the chat. I miss MHH pods in the community. Go Broncos. Pobby, love you so much. Thank you. It's great to see you. Thanks for the update, letting us know. And even more so, thank you so much for that very, very generous super chat. You are the bomb. I'm assuming it's a promotion in terms of the job. So congrats on that, Bobby. And we definitely, definitely appreciate your, uh, your uh, support of us, but you cannot be here for quite a while and come back. And like Chad said, you still have that title. Everyone knows who you are. You still have that uh, cachet and authority in the MHH community. So we definitely appreciate you. Good to see you around. We hope to see you in future podcasts. Absolutely. Hope you're doing well. Hope your family's doing well. So much love and respect. Bobby. Great to see you. Um, he says, uh, did Bugmeister, I cut him off accidentally, he says, the Broncos game at home is all he wants for his birthday. Needs uh, to meet you guys, need to meet you guys out there. Definitely become a fan uh, these past couple years. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, dude, we're going to be hosting people at the stadium again this year. We're probably going to do it two or three times this this year. So 
um, maybe even once a quarter. We're going to do it a lot. It was so much fun last time. And I think that the Communities Act loved it so much. It's, it's a lot of work to put it on. But we learned last fall the best way, you know, basically it was as great as it was. There were some obstacles we had to overcome. and We learned the best way, most efficient way to do it. So it's going to be even easier to do it next time and, you know, in future. So there will be opportunities for that, Bookmeister, and we can't wait for uh, the chance to meet you, big dog. And ain't no golf cart holding us back this time. We're going to be golf cart free in the meet and greet. I can't wait for that. That's right. Nacho, what's going on, big dog? Hey, by the way, Zach, what do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you? Nacho cheese. <laughs> that will make the season even more special, says Nacho. Give me the underdogs. Go Broncos. Hey, amen, dude. All about the underdog. All about the underdog. What is it? What is it that uh, I'm trying to remember the exact quote that um, Dick Vermeil, as portrayed by Dennis Quaid, says to Kurt Warner in the Kurt Warner movie American Underdog? I think it's something like destiny belongs to the underdog. I like that. Like when he said it, you know, look, it's they put the music and the soundtrack in, and so they kind of like shape it to be as impactful as possible when that line comes out. But as kind of a drama sap, I guess, when he said that, I'm like, ooh. Feel the hairs on my arm stand up. I'm like, that was dope. Destiny belongs to the underdogs. Phil, what's going on, dude? Destiny belongs to you as well. And I want to just, let's hijack the podcast for one second because you're making me think of movies. You put a poll out on Twitter about these best oh, yes. sports yes. movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I want to tack on a uh, a written-in choice. I'm surprised you didn't have it on there. Maybe you disagree. Yeah. Any given Sunday. I mentioned it before. I think it warrants at least consideration for best best football it, movie. It's, de- it's definitely up there. All right? You know, it just depends on how you want to define the best sports movie. And, and this was a, a debate I was having with uh, my family over the weekend. We got together, and um, we were just kind of having fun playing games and whatnot. And, you know, some people there, when you ask them what their favorite sports movie is, it's something that's maybe a little more slapdash, you know, like a major league that has a lot of drama in it, but it's also a lot of comedy and stuff like that. Unnecessary or pardon me, necessary roughness. Another example of that. Or there's like the uber serious ones um, like any given Sunday. That's like a straight dramatic piece. I like a lot. In fact, I love that movie. Any given Sunday. It's up there for me. But if you put a gun to my head and say, give me your top, you know, the poll I was doing, it only gives you like four options. So I can say, what four. were the options that you put on Twitter? So we uh, uh, you want me to pull it up? I'll pull it up real quick. Just, but what would be your top four, dude? I mean, you, you mentioned, you mentioned breaking it down by genre. I think for comedy major league, is it the second one where the owner buys the team, the, the woman, and they, that's the first one. That's, that's the first, first one. one. Okay, that's my favorite one. That's that's up there for sure. For drama, any given Sunday, I think it's the best football movie of all time. I, I agree with the choices that you had, but I just think, uh, yeah, I mean, Rocky, Hoosiers, Longest Yard for comedy as well. That's another good movie, football movie. There's some really good options out yeah, there. Yeah, but the Burt Reynolds version or the Adam Sandler Adam version? Sandler. So Hoosiers to me is just a great, a great movie. Gene Hackman in that is very, very good. It's a little old school. I get it. It's an 80s movie, and I'm, but I was a kid of the 80s, and they weren't making a lot of great sports movies back then, even though Major League was an 80s movie as well. Rocky, let's not forget, is a sports movie, and it's a great movie. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, in my opinion. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie of all time, but it's a great one. Bull Durham, all right, and this was something that uh, I was reminded of. Um, where to go? I want to show you this tweet real quick, real quick. Um, 
Here, uh, Raging Bull. Hello. All right, that's another one. I'm a big Scorsese nerd. So Tom Hall's like, yo, dude, what about Raging Bull? About a boxer. Could you call that a sports movie? I I mean, it depends on how you want to define it because that's more about, you know, uh, Jake, what's his name? Jake LaMotta, you know, and like not so much. You get to see his, his action in the ring, but uh, it's more of a dramatic character piece. It's not so much about really what's going on in the ring. I mean, you get those shots and everything, but I don't know. Yes, Travis, the haters do make us famous. Moss Def. Moss couple, Def. But you guys couple, tell us what are your favorites. A couple other dr- uh, dramatic choices. Remember the Titans. I mean, Denzel to me is my, my favorite actor of all time. So anything he's in, and he just, that was a tremendous performance. And Basketball Diaries. That's King Kong choice. ain't got on me. Training day. Shout out. Uh, hey, Smouse in the house. What's going on? Z-Dub Design. Zachary Smouse throwing down a super. Thank you, buddy. He says, I predict 11 and 6. One win and one loss, so splitting with the Chiefs. That means the streak comes to an end. And then kick the rest of the division. Yeah, I'm a little still uh, trepidatious, Zach, about the Raiders. I get it. There's, It's easy to clown on them because of Josh McDaniels and all that. I get it. But as I talked about on the last night's podcast, there's just a little some misgivings bubbling under the surface. The Chargers, everybody in media, national perspective, wants to crown the freaking Chargers. And I get it in terms of like you've got a, a young quarterback. What has he accomplished yet, though? Nothing he's been able to do. All of the great feats he's accomplished in his two years as a pro, Justin Herbert, has done nothing to advance the interest in terms of getting into the dance for the Chargers. And a defensive-minded head coach, it's not a great recipe. It's not a great recipe. That's why. I mean, Brandon Saley, as long as he's coaching there, it's going to hold the team back with his over-analytics and his uh, outsmarting himself. As good as Herbert is, I I think he's still behind Russell Wilson and behind Patrick Mahomes in the division. Both guys are Super Bowl champions. Russell Wilson's a nine-time Pro Bowler. Uh, One of the things I'm most looking forward to, and there are plenty about this Broncos season coming up, is snapping Kansas City's freaking winning streak against Denver. It's going to come to an end this year. The Broncos might even break out the brooms this coming fall. I have that much confidence in Denver, but I want the Chiefs either week one or week two. I want them in prime time. I want the Broncos to take it to them and show the division belongs to us now, boys. Amen. And by the way, Andrew says, and thank you for the stars, bro. I love Nick and his articles. I also believe his analyzing and fandom works from being burnt too much. Yeah, that's true. Everyone's been a little bit, um, you know, battered lately, right? But man, if not this year, within a few uh, years' time, we will hoist the Lombardi again with Russ. So Andrew's throwing down. And, you know, Scott brought up a good point. All right. This is courtesy of the producer, Scott Kennedy. Russell Wilson and Drew Brees aren't that far off. Brees threw for 25,000 yards between age 33 and 37. Zach, I'll just play the devil's advocate on this topic because I'm glad he brings that up. It's a good point, and it's reason for optimism. Drew Brees, though, much more uh, willing, much more accomplished in navigating purely from the pocket and utilizing the middle of the field. It's a fair criticism to say that Russell Wilson doesn't like to go there. And so you have to wonder how much of that is about his height and all that stuff. And there might be – it might – there might be too much made of it, so to speak, Zach, but it's a fair criticism of Russell Wilson. But to me, you know, it's an inch or so, inch and a half maybe that separates in height Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. But in terms of production on the field, that's a pretty big gap 
and that's something Russell for staying power and whatnot played deep. I mean, he wants to play another 10, 11, 12 years. He told us you're going to have to win from the pocket because that juice, that athleticism, that twitch, when things break down and that's where he creates a lot of his big plays, those opportunities are going to diminish the older he gets. Well, Breeze also benefited from having great tight ends in his career in Gates and in San Diego. And then he had Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. What has Russell Wilson had? Will Disley, Gerald Everett the last couple of years, and also much better coaching. Wasn't it Schottenheimer back then in those times for Breeze and, and with the Chargers? It was. And then he went to uh, New Orleans with, with Sean Payton. Who has Russell Wilson had? Freaking Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll, a defensive-minded coach. So he gets an upgrade in both areas coming to Denver. He has a better supporting cast, and he'll hopefully have, and I think he will have, better coaching and play calling. And when you manage a quarterback smartly and you put the pieces together where they can thrive with the quarterback playing point guard, you can extend the longevity, longevity of that quarterback. There's a reason why they're playing into their late 30, early 40s now. Russell Wilson can be that guy. And even if he plays for five, seven years, the Broncos are going to win a lot of games with him under center. Shout out to Dave Glassman. Good to see you, bro. He said, I can't hang with the big hitters, but nobody can touch my streak. Indeed, dude, your streak is legit. Um, I'll pull it up and give you a specific on that here in just a minute because people need an update on where things stand on the uh, on the contest. But Dave, really good things coming very soon. Hopefully you saw on Twitter, I teased, we got two new podcasts coming down the pike that are going to be launched between now and the start of May. You guys are going to be stoked on that trust. It's going to complement what we're already doing, and uh, I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Too early to tell you everything because we want to roll it out right, but two new podcasts coming in the next couple of weeks here at Mile High Huddle. You guys are going to dig that. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Nacho again. I want to see that line in the next t-shirt on MHH. Go Broncos. Which line? Fossilized creature? Nacho cheese. Nacho cheese. What do you call what do you call cheese that doesn't belong to you? My daughter got me with that one. Now it's become a quintessential dad joke that I tell all the time. What do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. Lean beef. That's good. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs water skiing? Skip. (laughs) One more. Oh, man, that was good. What do you call a man with no arms and legs in a swimming pool? A floaty. Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Back on to football. Dad jokes, no more. All right, um, all right. Let's see what's let's see what's on everybody's mind here. Uh, Lawrence, only reason why I say we aren't set is because we are weak at depth, and it takes a few bad injuries to derail us. I think we need this year to get our system in place, pop off the next year if we're able to trade for younger, cheaper, better till we get more depth. Yeah, I mean that's a concern for every team every year. I mean that's a perennial concern. Um, but when the Broncos were a competitive force to be reckoned with in the early Elway era. And that's when you had Peyton. Not only did you have that Uber asset of a bona fide franchise quarterback, future hall of famer. All right. But the Broncos also had what we call elite depth across the roster. So 
when guys would get banged up. I mean, look at it like this, Zach. Even though the 2013 Broncos set all those um, offensive records, 606 points, Peyton Manning throws five, uh, 55 touchdowns, the yardage record. I mean, he had four, was it four different receivers with double-digit touchdowns? Let me remember. Demarius, RIP, uh, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. And then no, Sean Moreno had 10 total touchdowns when you counted his rushing. Am I tripping on? No, no. Wes was there. Yeah. Okay. So they had all that going for him. Great. But by what rationale should a team that was missing nine starters on defense have advanced to the Super Bowl that year? So, you know, they were able to because they had elite depth and it ended up coming up and biting them in the rear end in that Super Bowl. I mean, if the Broncos had the starters, on defense, that would have been a different game. Even with the botch snap to open that game that just created some negative momentum out of the gates that had to be overcome. If the Broncos have Vaughn, if the Broncos have Chris Harris, um, I'm trying to remember who else off the top of my head. Uh, Kevin Vickerson, defensive tackle, starter gone. It's been too long for me to remember all the different names that were missing, but it was too many starters, but they had elite depth, Zach, my point here, and I'm winding this down. That's how come they were able to advance, defeat the New England Patriots in the AFC title game and get to the Super Bowl. There's two ways to reach the big game. You laid out one of them as having elite depth. The other one is having great elite injury luck, you know, avoiding season-ending injury. Look at the Bengals last year. They made it to the Super Bowl, and they almost they came pretty close to winning a title with major injury luck going in their favor. The Broncos haven't had injury luck for many years now, the last half decade. If they can get that this year, combined with the upgrades they've made on the coaching staff and the personnel side, they're in for a run this January. I will say that. We've got the legendary GLP in the house, Gary Leeds Palmer. He says, I'm back. Just a little love. Denver Broncos for life. Let's ride. Great to see you, brother. Really appreciate you, Gary. Seriously. Great to see you. Oh, the God King descending from on high. Yo, Mark Langley in the house with the super. What's going on, bro? Good to see you. How have you been, dude? How are things? How's the family holding up? Everybody good? Great to see you, bro. Thanks for the super. Um, Zach, this is a good time to give everybody the update. By the way, if you can look on the ticker below us here on the video on Facebook, we're trying to reach in the month of April 250,000 stars. When we do, we're going to raffle a jersey off to the winner. It's a Broncos jersey of their choosing. Only people in the running for that are those who contribute to the goal. We're at 20%. We're still behind. We're, we're catching up, but uh, we're behind the eight ball a little bit tonight. We'll lay it out at the end of the show on our shout outs, how we did and in in the shout-outs for the star supporters on Facebook tonight. But that's a real-time update on where things stand on Facebook, just an FYI. Uh, Phil, speaking of Facebook, says, let's face it, Russ hasn't had a coach or a tight end to use the middle of the field. I think Hackett will surprise teams that think Russ can't hit the middle. Zach? Exactly what I just said. I mean, he's never had that in his career, and I don't know how realistic it is to hold that against him when he hasn't had those – um those circumstances work in his favor. He will have that this year. I think Alberto is good enough to be that tight end. They're going to add one more in the draft. And obviously going from, uh, what was his name? Uh, Waldron was the coordinator in Seattle. And then he had Schottenheimer, uh, Shane Waldron, and they had Schottenheimer. But those are not great coordinators at the NFL level. And uh, I think Hackett was in Green Bay, and he will be with the Broncos. So that is, that's going to be an upgrade there. They're going to let him cook. You can name the, I mean, you even take out, one of the receivers in the equation, take out Cortland, for example, you still have Tim Patrick, still have Jerry Judy, still have KJ Handler. They're going to add to the draft. You have Javante, you have Alberto. 
You have a pretty solid offensive line that's going to get better. I mean, you don't see many holes when you glaze over the Broncos roster on offense, and I think it's going to lead to many big things, a lot of top 10 rankings for these uh, orange and blue this fall. From your lips to the ears of the football gods. Travis has to dip. He said, it's my sister and my nephew's birthday today, going to dinner. Have a good night. Hey, dude, wish them a happy birthday from us as well. Thanks for being with us for a minute, my friend. We really do appreciate that. Um, Okay, let me take a look here real quick, Zach. There is another big piece of news that we need to uh, address. We actually have a timeline now on the whole auction thing. As the Broncos are about to be sold, we have officially a timeline here. want to get your thoughts on it, courtesy of Luke Patterson. We have this report for you guys to read at milehuddle.com. We'll go through some of it here now. Headline, report, Walmart Air, Rob Walton is the front runner to win Broncos ownership bid. Guess when it's happening? Tomorrow. It's expected to happen Friday, tomorrow. So we had a, a new kind of, um, I don't know, report from Westward. Here's what I'm going to quote Luke's article here. On Thursday, Westward reported that initial bids to purchase the Broncos are expected to be submitted Friday, April 15th, and Walton is the early favorite to buy the team. Son of the late Walmart chairman, Sam Walton, Rob's cousin, Ann, is married to Los Angeles Rams owner, Stan Kroenke, whose son, Josh, is president of the NBA's Denver Nuggets and the NHL's Colorado Avalanche. The buzz from Walton's camp is that he's likely to submit a $4 billion offer to buy the three-time world champion franchise when bidding opens at the end of the week. So it really sounds like Zach, we're finally going to be getting to some, uh, some action as it, as it applies to ownership change. It's funny. I saw a Woody page tweet last night and he indicated that Walton submitted his bid last Friday. So maybe that's already in motion. I think it's going to be uh, Walton as an ex Broncos owner. He has the cash on hand. He's the richest. He can outbid everyone and they have a fiduciary responsibility to sell to the highest bidder. There is no more impediments in the way. There's no more legalese they have to work through. They are officially up for sale unencumbered. And I think Walton is going to be the, uh, the winner of that sale. So great value field. Here we come. It sounds like Robert F. Smith is still in the conversation, but apparently he's, uh, in the midst of a little bit of IRS controversy and anyone, if you've ever, um, I mean, something as simple, not simple, but as common as applying for a home loan, like say you're trying to get a mortgage, you're trying to buy a house. Think about how under the microscope, your financials get just to, I mean, just to buy, I say just like it's a small thing, but relative to a $4 billion uh, enterprise here, it is just a mortgage. They want to see your tax returns for a couple of years. They want to see, you know, bank account statements. They want all that. And it's even more uh, in depth and even more rigid, the requirements for something like this. And when you involve, you know, uh, the IRS and stuff like that, Robert F. Smith, even if he wants to, the NFL's hands might be tied in terms of that. Plus if Walton, as you said, the responsibility to go to the highest bidder, if, if Walton just blows the doors off everybody, doesn't matter if the IRS is involved. Uh, G jumping in. What's up, bro? What do you call Russell Wilson and the Broncos? Danger Russ. That's his. Uh, there, there's a uh, G's dad joke. LOL. Not good at jokes. Everyone's scared of Broncos, uh, of the Broncos. We are on everyone's mind. Out with the old Zach, in with the new. Now watch what we do. 
Hashtag MHH for life and let's ride. Love it. Ain't nothing but a G thing. To the previous point about Walton, how do you outbid someone that's worth $70 billion with a B? It's really impossible. If he wants to go uh, Robert F. Smith to like 4.5, Walton can be like, okay, five is no problem. It's, it's lint money in my pocket. So uh, it's not going to be a problem if he wants to buy him. And I don't know, and I'm going to be objective and not subjective about the Broncos. I don't know that anyone is scared of them yet per se, but I think for sure the Broncos are relevant again and on the forefront of everyone's mind, including Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and every other team in the NFL. It's up to the Broncos to prove they are scary. It's up to the Broncos to prove that on the field by winning some games. And I think that will happen. And then there'll be the, the horror, the nightmare fuel of the league. I have such a good feeling about this season and who I'm trying to remember who was it uh, Lawrence that said this, you know, this might, it might not be three years in a row that a quarterback transplant leads his team to a world championship. You know, Russell Wilson, especially because in those two situations, when you think about what Tom Brady did in Tampa year one, and then what Matt Stafford did in LA year one, in both cases, they arrived on a roster that was loaded for bear. It was missing that, dynamic quarterback component, but it was an established tenured coaching staff in both cases. Broncos, that's the one thing here that kind of um, muddies the water is we literally don't know what it's going to look like under Nathaniel Hackett, Dwayne Stooks, Agyro Evero, and Justin Outen. But could it be worse? I mean, can it can when you hit rock bottom, can you really go lower? No, and I think they really did hit rock bottom under VJ and then under Vance, who kind of just drove the final nail into the coffin. They can have an experience, but they're going to make up for that with creativity and NFL thinking in the year 2022. They're not thinking 30 years ago like Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer were. Uh, the arrow is not only pointing upward, it's skyrocketing upward. And I think the rest of the NFL fans, media alike, will see that. By the way, G, loved your... Uh... Symbolic Super Chat 2022. Very cool. Uh, appreciate you. Talk about preach. We preach Marcus. What's going on, bro? He says, hey, guys, respect and love from the UK. Love to all Broncos fans everywhere. Oh, boy. Cannot wait for Russ to do his thing and shut up all these people who put the Broncos down. Get ready, you other teams and fans. The Broncos are ready to ride. MHH for life. Cheers, guys. Take care, all Broncos fans and yourselves. Uh, yourselves, pardon me. Nicely said, Marcus. Thank you, buddy. Good to see you. Let him hate, Marcus. I mean, everyone can ha have their own opinion. Everyone's entitled. They're all bad-mouthing the Broncos right now, slamming them. I mean, anonymous, nameless NFL execs. I'm going to have an article about that. Are kind of trashing the Russell Wilson acquisition and Randy Gregory signing, saying the Broncos won't be that much better. It'll be incremental. No, it's going to be monumental. And they will all, again, they will all slam down, choke down that crow come just a few months from now. Can't Just wait. Get a little, little little barbecue sauce or sriracha, right? And uh, um, I want to grab this question from William, very loyal listener and contributing to the conversation tonight on YouTube. So thank you, William. He says, dude, why do people still bring up Russell Wilson's height? Wasn't that a big reason why he fell in the draft? Then look what happened. I'll tell you why. This is actually a good topic and it's worth, it kind of gets actually is, is baked into the reason why some of the hate is coming out the way it is. There's such a thing in the NFL. We talk about this like with regard to Chris Harris, CJ Anderson, Philip Lindsay, former undrafted guys. <clears throat> and in the case of all three of those dudes, actually, I can't remember for, for sure on CJ if he wasn't invited, but uh, Harris and Lindsay for sure were not invited to the combine. The NFL had its evaluation 
on these guys, collectively speaking. Weren't good enough to even get an invite to the combine and weren't good enough to get drafted. But wait a minute now. That gets flipped on its ear when these dudes hit the NFL, claw their way onto a roster, and then produce at a prolific level. Well, when that happens, all of a sudden, the naysayers, they kind of fade into the distance when the going's good. But as soon as there's any sign, any kind of crack in the veneer whatsoever, all right, then everyone comes rushing in to say, see, we told you. This is why he didn't get drafted. He wasn't tall enough. He wasn't strong enough. He wasn't fast enough. He wasn't whatever. In Russell's case, you go, well, what's what? where's the crack in the veneer? Well, you're talking about a franchise quarterback whose original team was willing to trade him at 33. So people are going, that's a conspicuous thing, Zach. I mean, people are going, why did the Seahawks allow this to happen? They're trying to do the math. And I'm mostly talking about national perspective types. There must be something going on. Let's look. And they go, oh, he doesn't throw over the middle of the field. It's a height thing. Got to be. You know, and this is why he wasn't drafted in the first round. Blah, 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 blah. Plausible deniability is a hell of a drug. And I totally agree with you, Chad. That's what it is. They'll they'll try to fall back on whatever reason was paired it to them, and they're just sheep and they they just go and roll over and go with that. It's laziness. That's the short way of saying this. Why do they still bring up his height? Why are they clowning Russell Wilson right now? Laziness. There's not many flaws to his game, even at 33 years old, coming off an injury ruined season for the most part. There's not many flaws to Russell Wilson, nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. They will fall back on what they fell back on when he was drafted and what they're still calling onto now, which is his height. It's a lazy narrative. It's a lazy take. It's not going to fly. Homero, greatest wrestling movie ever, Vision Quest. Now, Zach, I know you're more of a wrestling guy than me. I've never heard of this movie. I have not either. The only wrestling movie I really know is The Wrestler, which is phenomenal. Hey, now, I agree with you. Phenomenal movie, and that would be to me if you want to consider that a sports movie, which would be debatable to be honest with you for on multiple levels of analysis. But as much as I like that movie, you want to talk about wrestling movies? What about No Holds Bar? Did you ever watch that? I don't think I've seen that. Um, Debo, remember Debo from Friday? I forget that man's name. He recently passed away. Yeah, um, he was in that. Dang it, I forget his name, but he played like the big bad. Uh, his name was uh, Zeus in the show. Yeah, and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is the protagonist. Uh, no holds barred. Yeah. Ready to Rumble was good, too, with uh, David Arquette. It was pretty funny back in the WCW days. I don't think I ever saw Ready to Rumble. If you if you weren't a fan of wrestling back then, I, I don't think you'd like it. It really appealed to the hardcores. It was a good movie, I thought. Anthony, what's up, dude? He says, well, I'm not crazy about the front runner, Rob Walton, buying the Broncos. I'm crazy excited for the coming season. I feel like a kid who can't wait to play with his favorite gift on Christmas morning. Let's ride. Amen, dude. I think that's how a lot of us are feeling. Even those, um, oh, Scott says vision quest was an eighties amateur wrestling movie about the same time as chariots of fire. Okay. That would explain why I haven't seen it. Um, man, I'm a movie buff. I never heard of that one. Never heard of that one. Um, Lost my train of thought for Anthony here. But you know what? Hey, this is just something that needs to get resolved. It's been an open wound, this lack of ownership, this, you know, vacuum. And um, once it does, you know, we can get back to purely focusing on the product on the field instead of these. Who's it going to be? Which billionaire boys club is it going to be? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, Zach, we're at 45 minutes. We got a little bit of time, but we're going to start winding it down. Cottonmouth78, what's good, bro? Thank you for the super. (laughs) Pardon me. He says, what's up, big dogs? What do you think, or what do you guys think our first play from scrimmage will be? Pass, run, trick, play, have a great night. 
That's a great question, dude. That's a fun question. I think it's going to be Nathaniel Hackett putting everybody on notice with a Russell Wilson deep ball to either Cortland Sutton or KJ Hamler. That's that's my bold prediction here in April. I love that, man. A big middle finger to the Pat Shermer era when they never went long at all with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, I, I think a pass for sure. I could see a play-action pass to Javante considering the attention he's going to garner as well. I don't think trick play. I'm calling a pass down the middle. I'm going to say a 20-yard completion to Jerry Judy, first play of the season. By the way, Ange Network, Ange Network, Pot Rose played in the Super Bowl. Um, he was, you know, that AFC title game in particular – he was a big reason why without Von Miller, they were still able to get over the hump and beat Tom Brady and the and the Patriots because, <coughs> pardon me, he had a phenomenal performance in that title game. Huero, what's good, bro? He says we we're just about to get out of the being we were just about to get out of being the laugh stock, laughing stock of the NFL. Now we're gonna be tied to Walmart. He better just cut checks and stay out. I think for the most part, he will. He might shake up the, and he will shake up the executive side, specifically the business side. I don't think with the the dents in the universe George Payton has made, I don't think he's going to shake much up on the football executive side. But on the business side, <coughs> pardon me, he has to because Joe Ellis is riding off into the sunset. I think we'll know early on what kind of owner Walton would be. If he's going to meddle in the personnel affairs, a la Jerry Jones, or he's going to take a real um, financial backseat role and let the football people do their jobs as he should. I want him to cut the checks. He's going to bring more liquid cash money to the Broncos franchise. I just don't want it to be another thing in his portfolio, another accessory to Rob Walton. I want him to better the franchise by any means possible. Real quick, Todd, very loyal listener in the chat every night. Want to get one of his comments uh, here. He says, so gents, my thinking is the best position for us to find a starter at number 64 is linebacker. So many talented guys that could be available. What about Chad Muma, Wyoming linebacker, or Troy Anderson, the Montana State linebacker? Thoughts? Well, Zach, I like both those guys. All right. And uh, Nick Kendall has an article that's going to be publishing here very soon covering PFF saying that Chad Muma, if he falls to 64, would be the best case scenario for the Denver Broncos. I'm, I'm honestly fine with either in that scenario. I would like it a hell of a lot more than I would James Cook or Trey McBride at 64. That's a position of need is linebacker for the Broncos, and that would fill a major one from day one. So sign me up. Michaela. Michaela Baum. The Duchess. Talking about top ropes, a lot of wrestling tropes on tonight's podcast. Here she comes. Thank you so much, Michaela. Love you so much. She says, the hell with the naysayers. Let them eat crow. I heard it's tasty with barbecue sauce. Let's ride. Man, you can choke down just about anything with a little sriracha, little barbecue sauce. You, you can get her done. I, as someone who's eaten crow in his day, it tastes pretty good with barbecue sauce, a little salt and pepper. I just Is that a, a, a callback to let them eat cake, Michaela? If so, you have my respect. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that. French Revolution. Let's go. Let's let's get our history on here tonight, gang. Michaela, love you so much. Seriously. Thank you, my friend. Um, okay, we're at 48 minutes. We're, we're doing okay. <coughs> Man, I got this frog in my throat. I keep tickling the back of my throat. Um, <laughs> okay. Zach, Robot of Doom. Our first play from scrimmage. I bet four billion bucks it's not going to be a tight end screen. I mean, honestly, they're so high on Alberto. It wouldn't surprise me if they got him involved. But no, I'm going to guess play action and a, and a vertical pass. 
pass on the middle. Dude, what do you think is going to happen there? I mean, they're kicking around guys like Kyle Rudolph. They're meeting with Trey McBride. You think they're going to bring another kind of 1A slash 1B caliber tight end in, or is Albert O really going to project as this team's number one tight end? I think they're going to bring a well-rounded, like a hybrid tight end in, a guy who can be a good pass catcher for Russell Wilson, but also a good run blocker for Javante Williams. That's the area that Albert O struggles in, is, is run blocking. He's a good move tight end, almost like another receiver out there on the field, like a receiver trapped in a tight end's body. So they're going to take a tight end. They will acquire at least one more, could be fairly high in the second or third round, but I bet that guy will be a well-rounded prospect. Amen. Um, you know, speaking of well-rounded, I don't want to get too crazy here, but Eric Sobert, who the Broncos signed on a one-year deal last year, you know, when they did use him as a receiver, it was mostly in the preseason, right? He only got a couple of targets in the regular season. But, you know, he was better in that department than I expected him to be. He's definitely not going to blow anybody away, but he was a very capable blocker, very good at setting the edge. He's still out there. Why not go out and say, hey, here's 750K, Sobert, to come be our you know, number two blocking tight end behind who was the dude they brought in from Tomlinson. Yes. Eric Tomlinson, you know, he's out there. I would do it just as a fail safe. I mean, I don't see that much of a difference at all between Eric Tomlinson and Eric Sobert, to be honest, but at least it's a guy who can block and catch because Albert's going to be your move tight end. He's going to be the guy going around the formation and, you know, you need probably a couple of guys who can do both. I mean, I'm good with Saubert or Tomlinson as a tight end three, but I don't want either as my tight end two. They need to get a little more dynamic at that spot. And if I feel like if they wanted Saubert, they would have signed him by now. Obviously, they brought in Tomlinson, a player that's equal in terms of his abilities, so they moved on from a player of the last regime. Art, thank you for the Facebook stars, my friend. Uh, he says, is there a better GM in the league than George Payton? Well, I mean, it depends on how you want to quantify, qualify that. But uh, in terms of the draft, the NFL says no. And then look what he did in the veteran market, what he did in free agency in the trades this year. I mean, if the Broncos have even a modicum of success in terms of making the playoffs, you're going to see George Payton become the bell of the ball, you know, flavor of the month in the NFL for a while. I tweeted when he was hired that he'll be a top five GM within two years. And I think this is the year where he establishes himself among the top five execs. It wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos go on to have a winning record or playoff run if he wins executive of the year. I mean, you bring in Russell Wilson, you transform the roster, you make the Broncos relevant again. They go out and win 11 or 12 games, make the playoffs, maybe win the division. Yeah, George Payton's going to be the guy around the league. You're right, Michaela. It could very well be a crow feather stuck in my throat because I have had to eat my fair share of crow. Let me tell you something. Like Zach said, if you're in this business for longer than a cup of coffee, you're going to get things wrong. Your, some of your takes are going to be exposed as freezing cold. It's going to happen. Um, for example, I'm going to give you guys this one. That's my ultimate shame. My number one wide receiver. This was back when I had more time to devote to the draft. So I, I was like very consumed with it. This is about the time MHH started and all that. Uh, my number one wide receiver in the 2014 draft class, which was stacked, right? The this Latimer. was a stack. Cody <laughs> freaking Latimer. That feather from that crow haunts me to this moment. That's what you hear when I'm going, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, G with a second super chat. Thank you, bro. If you guys could trade for one player in the NFL to be on this roster, who would it be? I'd get Debo Samuel. Man, I'd love to see Debo in Denver, to be honest with you. 
just because of how much he can do, but it would be a pretty penny. He's not happy right now in San Francisco, Zach. He wants 25 a year, and for the same reason they shouldn't trade for DK Metcalf. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's fantasy to think that another receiver would fit in because then he'd be taking balls and targets away from the other receivers and creating a too many mouths problem, maybe a chemistry locker room problem. Debo's a great player, but the Broncos are fine there. One guy, I don't know, the, the best right tackle in the NFL? Yeah, that's up for debate, but that would be my guy. Maybe Rashawn Slater, if you want to play him a right tackle, that would be my pick. That's the only missing link on, on offense as far as I'm concerned. All right, guys, with that being said, hey, we're going to dip on out of here tonight. This is a, a great way for us to sign off and punctuate a, another great week of podcasting. We're off from here till Sunday, but uh, Zach's going to do the rundown. I'll grab our shout outs. Thank you all for tuning in with us. And this week was another great week of podcasting on the Mile High Huddle Network. This was the Huddle Up Pod. We're off this weekend. We're back on Sunday, same time, same place, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can also follow the main account on Twitter, the mothership account, as it were, at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys would like some merch, like a shirt I'm wearing, a hat, Chad, a hat Chad's wearing, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some right now. More to come very soon. And also facebook.com slash mylahuddlepod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please just subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Nacho finishing on top, dude. Love seeing that, Nacho. Welcome, dude, and thank you very much for that. Andrew Baker right behind him. Art Schneider, Travis Weber, Phil McLaughlin, GLP, Anthony Grove. Shout out to Anthony. Marcus Lewis Henna. Joshua Mize and Dave Glassman, and then our great Super Chat superstars tonight, throwing down, starting with Nash the Fifth, the Bugmeister, Pobby, great to see Pobby, uh, Zachary ZW Designs, the God King Mark from Georgia, Ain't Nothing But a G Thing Hill, Cottonmouth 78, Huero, the Duchess. Much love and respect. We appreciate you guys so much. Can't even tell you. Thank you so much. And as Zach said, looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Have a great weekend. And uh, to those who celebrate, have a great Easter this weekend. Uh, have a great weekend. Again, take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 